0: I'm Pastor Andy Clark, my wife and I are the missionaries in the house, and uh, so Pastor Jonathan asked me to share a little bit about missions today, and uh, to give us a world view of what God is doing, you know, sometimes our view gets kind of tunnel vision, with all our little problems and current situations we're all dealing with, we serve a great God, and God's got a world view, you know, and... uh, we need to allow God to give us a worldview because God is doing awesome things in the world. And don't buy into what the media is putting out there because God is at work all over the world today and we can rejoice in what God is doing. I believe we live in the greatest time of the history of the church. I believe we're going to see God's Spirit outpoured like never before in the history of the church because we're going to see a harvest end-time harvest of souls that's just going to boggle our mind. And then we're already experiencing it, beginning to experience it at Hope Point Church. And we're experiencing here, they're experiencing it at other churches all over the United States and other churches all over the world. And so I just thank uh, Pastor Jonathan for allowing me to share today. Uh, if you're watching from online, uh, welcome to Hope Point Church. If you're at the beach and you decide to watch the service before you head to the beach, I want to commend you for doing that. And um, Maybe Pastor Jay's watching me right now. Hi, Pastor Jay. But uh, I've known Estelle since the early 80s. They're a great family, uh, and this is a great church. So it's good to have you here this morning on this 4th of July as we celebrate the birth of our nation, you know. And uh, we need to celebrate. This nation was dedicated to God at birth and it was dedicated for a purpose and that was to propagate the gospel of jesus christ so a covenant was made at the birth of our nation with god so this is a covenant nation and god will fulfill his covenant in this nation despite what the enemy will do because god is faithful to covenant and so we're part of a great nation and we get to be part of what god is doing in the earth today and so i just want to introduce a little bit pastor jay asked me to to just tell a bit about myself and what my wife and i do and so my parents were uh missionaries for 35 years i was uh, you know i'm watching this clock back here man you know in africa you have to preach at least an hour in africa and if you don't preach an hour they'll invite someone else to preach another sermon because they don't think they've got their money's worth it unless you preach an hour you know so here's 28 minutes i got okay um I have to be aware, aware of that clock you know they say if I pass over time that I can't go to Midlothian now, I want to go to Midlothian so I'm going to have to observe this time but anyway so um my parents were missionary for 35 years I was uh, born in Africa then my first 16 years of my life in Africa I consider myself to be an African-American because I was I'm actually an American born in Africa so I'm really African-American you know um that's a revelation to some people uh but uh and so I came home after 16 years in Africa, finished my high school, uh, worked as a construction welder in Des Moines, Iowa for three years to see what it was like uh, to, to make a lot of money. And I found it wasn't all what it cracked up to be. And, uh, and so then I began to feel God pulling me to get involved in missions and go back in missions again. So I went to Bible school in Eugene, Oregon for four years, uh, graduated from there and went to Haiti for eight years, established... Um, Three Bible schools in Haiti. One of the greatest needs uh, all over the world is the training of leaders, church leaders and pastors. Uh, they they are zealous for God, but they just don't have the opportunity for training. And uh, and and when they get the word of God, man, they get they are so appreciative and so pumped by the word of God. I mean, we you know uh, years ago, and I got a can't go down rabbit trails, can't go down rabbit trails, but. Um, Years ago, God spoke to me that, uh, you know, the devil couldn't get rid of the truth, so he decided to bury it in information. And we got so much information today, we can't even know what's true or false anymore anymore. And the only way to know that is through the Word of God. So the Word of God, the Word of God changes lives, changes people, changes cities. And so I love teaching the Word of God. And so started my uh, nine years in Haiti, I started three Bible schools. And then uh, on uh, November 2nd, this is the first picture I'm going to put, on November 2nd of 1985, I married a beautiful young lady from South Carolina. Emily, she's not here this morning. You know, you look at this old guy. We were all young one time, you know. And, uh, and so... Uh, Emily Emily was a school teacher and she felt God calling her to missions and so she went to a nine month missionary training program and she came down for two weeks to Haiti and man I was smitten I was done for when she showed up down there and here I found a beautiful woman passionate for Jesus and passionate for missions so she had all the qualifications that were needed as far as I was concerned and so in Africa you never ask somebody to go visit their home that's insulting you just show up <laughs> and so i told emily i said can you hang around uh for a, a little while longer so we can get to know each other she says no it was her first time overseas haiti's kind of a weird country and she said i really don't want to stick around here so i didn't ask her i said i'm going to come up in six weeks to visit you this is after we had spent two weeks together i'm going to come up in six weeks and visit you and i didn't say can i come i said i'm coming i'm coming and so after six weeks I came up there we hung out for two weeks I proposed and six months later we're married you know uh when you find a good thing you don't let it get away you know so um I'm thankful for a wonderful wife who has hung in with me all these years uh all over the world and so uh she's not here this morning for first service we have a special needs uh Adult who's 28 who can't handle two two services and so she's at home with her and she'll they'll come the second service and so uh, she we moved back down to Haiti after a little honeymoon and uh, and I introduced my wife to the hell of Haiti and uh, she survived you know but we were there for a year and a half and uh, I was finishing my last Bible school and I was feeling a pull to go back to Africa and the Lord opened the door for us to go to Kenya. And establish a Bible school in Kenya and Uganda, and so we moved to Kenya. We were in Kenya for eight years, and I, my dad had developed a Bible school curriculum of 24 books that he had written himself, and uh, I translated. they were written in Creole. I translate them to English and then we translate them to Swahili for Kenya and to Luganda for Uganda and I started Bible schools in both countries and hundreds of pastors or church leaders have been through my Bible school there are men now who are bishops of 30-40 churches who are graduates of my Bible school and uh, then in, uh, and with two of our three children were uh, born in Kenya and our youngest uh, is Nicole she was born in 1994 and she began to have some problems. She had seizures when she was six months old, caused a lot of uh, mental issues. And so we had to come home in 97 uh, off the mission field because we, she needed some help that she could only get here in the States. And so we came on staff here um, at the House of Prayer at that time, Hope Point Church in the House of Prayer at that time for nine years and uh, had an awesome time. Uh, working with Estelle's here and seeing what God was doing here. And uh, then I began to feel God stirring me back into missions. And so I had an opportunity to work as associate director of a mission organization. So I left staff at the church here, worked there for five years. And then in 2012, I launched my own organization called Equipping the Nations. And it's called Equipping the Nations because my passion desire is to equip the church for the work of the ministry. And so uh, I started going back to Kenya again. I started in 2013. I started a radio program in Kenya and Uganda, which I've been doing a weekly program all these years. It's grown, so I'm reaching now a potential audience, about 7 million people in the two countries. It provides me an opportunity to uh, minister there and uh, then recently I've started a new adventure I like new adventures I've started doing a video cast a whole other thing for me just recently if you want to hear my sermons my radio sermons or watch my video cast I do three times a week and go to my website equippingthenationsplural.org equippingthenations.org and you can find the link to my radio program or uh, my video cast and uh, I enjoy teaching the word of God and so um, we, uh, and then I began taking teams to Kenya, and uh, we I took, uh, uh, we do uh, children's camps. I've done probably about a dozen children's camps. I don't do children's camp, I bring teams to do children's camp. <laughs> now, while they do children's camp, I do leadership conference, you know. And so uh, we've done about a dozen children's camps, uh, and then we do uh, youth uh, conferences and seminars and women's conferences and then leadership conferences. So I like to train people every level uh, in the word of God to go to be strong Christians. And I remember one particular women's uh, conference and, uh, and they, the, the women, uh, it was a team from South Carolina and, and their theme was Daughters of the King. And and so they you know the Burger King little Burger King paper crowns little gold paper crown well they, they brought two hundred of those and uh, they made two hundred little handmade roses and so they talked about daughters of the king and then at the toward the end of the seminar they invited every woman forward and they put a crown on their head gave them a rose and said you are a daughter of the king and man the place went crazy place went crazy and I and afterward they had some testimonies I always remember this one lady got up she was kind of wearing an old dress and she says you know I live in a mud hut with a thatched roof but she's there I discovered that I am my daughter of the king that's what missions is all about missions I introducing people to Jesus Christ and helping find their identity in Jesus Christ no matter what kind of situations they find themselves in. And so um, in 2017, I took a team uh, from Hope Point Church, House of Prayer at the time. You know some of these people. Uh, And we did a Legacy Youth Conference. We had an awesome time there. This is the Java house. It's like Starbucks in Africa. And Matthew Fulton, who's sitting right up there, he's, he's a barista with Starbucks. And he said, Java House is even better than Starbucks. You know, <laughs> So if you go with me, you get to drink coffee at Java House. You know? Anyway, and so next picture, there's a team hanging out with some of the young people. Now, these, these are, I work with an organization called Legacy Youth International. They, they are involved in, in training young adults, in their, primarily in their 20s, from seven East African nations. And so we usually have around 200 of them that come from different nations. These are cream of the crop of young adults that they're training to work in their churches and reach their community. And so next picture, this is me teaching uh, at the Legacy Youth Conference uh, in Kenya. Next picture. Now, I love this picture because the African are enthusiastic about everything. I mean, they are so wired. They don't even drink coffee in their wires, you know. And uh, and so I've asked the question and the, you, you see the enthusiasm of this guy. He is just oh, I got the answer. Woo! Let me give the answer to you. And so uh, I mean, they just they're just off the charts. When you get together with 200 young adults who are off the charts, it's awesome. So we enjoy doing so. I take teams all the time. And um trying to follow my thing here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in 2017 i met a young man named uh, sylvester and he was from burundi He had come to kenya the legs youth conference in kenya and this is sylvester and his wife joseline and this is faith she was born on june 8th and my wife and i are her godparents we were able to name her sylvester is my son in the lord i when sylvester came to uh he was about 24 years old when he came uh to Kenya, the Legacy Youth Conference, we connected, dynamic young man of God. He began to take some orphan kids uh, into his home. He was living in a two-room house, and he had seven orphan kids sleeping on the floor, on little mattresses in one room of the house. I helped him uh, to build a uh, children's home. Uh, do we have that? I think that's the next picture. This is He has 19 children in his children's home. Uh, these are just some of them. Uh, they all were either saved off the street as abandoned kids or were orphaned and he's taken them in uh, and he and uh, Jocelyn are providing uh, care for them and raising up in the word of the Lord getting good education uh, when we built that children's home it was awesome for the first time each of these kids had their own bed I mean it was and they actually have an indoor toilet I mean this is Awesome. This is like your own bed, indoor toilet, man, that's like heaven. And so, uh, uh, the little girl on the front, her name is Alice. If we could do the next picture. Uh, she was abandoned as a toddler. They found her wandering the streets uh, in Burundi, Bujumbu, the capital, as a, as a toddler. Just Her parents just abandoned her. They don't have any idea who her parents were, anything about her family or anything. And... Uh, uh, Sylvester and Joseline took him, took her in, and she is a fine young lady now. You ought to hear her sing; she's amazing. You know, getting good education, loves God, and so I work with them with the helping support these children. Is children home. Uh, Sylvester also, after he went back from the Lakes Youth Conference in 2017, he started an elementary school, and in, uh, these are some of the kids at the elementary school. Um, in they say the literacy rate in Burundi is 60%. Only 60% of the people in Burundi can read and write. And, and even that's just minimal. And so education is a huge thing. So Sylvester just got a bunch of parents together and started the school. And now they have 160 children, uh, three preschool grades, and then grades one through four. And uh, these kids are uh, excited about Jesus. If you could put up the next video. Baby, baby, papa. They're, they're doing their morning prayer before they start classes. Isn't that awesome? Joseline loves kids. I mean uh Sylvester and Jocelyn love kids and so uh, it is awesome. So next picture. This is this is their classrooms and uh they get, they get little notebooks in Africa. They, they don't get their textbooks. They get little notebooks and the teacher writes stuff on the board and they copy it down to the notebooks and, and memorize it. And so we're helping with that. We're hoping to buy some property and build a bigger school uh, in, in, uh, for them, for the hope, uh, It's called Tumani uh, Children's School or Tumani Elementary School. Um, the other thing I've done uh, in Burundi I've started a Bible school let's go to the next picture oh this is this is is just a picture of one of the girls Uh, this picture here this is um, Jean and Felicite they also I met them at a Legacy Youth Conference they are school teachers Uh, they have two children of their own they've adopted two kids and Sylvester and uh and Jean have become my Bible school teachers. And they're in the process of translating my 24 books uh, into the Burundi language called Kirundi. Uh, they've translated and published uh, three of those books. Uh, Jean Sylvester has three classes. He's teaching in three parts of the country with about 83 students. Uh, Jean has five classes with about 130 students. And um, they're in, in their different parts of the country and uh, Sylvester today is up in the mountains he walks every one weekend every month he walks three hours up in the mountains to teach Bible school and he has 11 pastors that are in his Bible school class that represent 11 churches that are getting taught the word of God and so that, my, that is my passion um, picture next picture this is me. Uh, this is the Leadership Conference, the Pastor and Leadership Conference in Brunei that I was at in 2021. Uh, love teaching these pastors uh, the word of God. Um, we're getting ready to take a getting ready to take a team to Legacy Youth Conference uh, in August. Matt's going with me. A couple other people from this church are going with me. Pray for us. Uh, they already got this in uganda they already got 260 uh young adults from five nations that have already registered to come to their youth conference in uganda so excited about that so i just i would just want to share that with you and and this is happening all over the world god is moving all over the world and like i said we are in a period of time where god is moving by his spirit to do a great work all over the world and um about five weeks ago, um, I, was, I just woke up in the morning, and you know the Holy Spirit a lot of times speaks to me just before I go to sleep and just when I wake up, you know because those are times when your brain isn't quite engaged yet, and the Holy Spirit actually has a chance to say something to. You. <laughs> and so um, I, I woke up one morning about five weeks ago, and the Lord spoke a word to me that he is releasing a Davidic anointing upon his people. In about five minutes, he downloads six areas of this Davidic anointing. And I'm just going to talk about one of those this morning because I believe it's something that God is bringing us into to bring in this last time harvest and to accomplish his purpose. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about anointing. What is anointing? In the Old Testament, they would anoint uh, kings and priests, and anointing was a, a giving an authority. A, the anointing oil is a representative of the Holy Spirit, a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and anointing was imparting God's authority on this king or priest to fulfill and carry out to. Do what God had called them to do. I believe the anointing gives authority. The anointing is divine ability to do something we cannot do in ourselves. You know, God wants to anoint us by His Holy Spirit because you know the Holy Spirit is the one that gives the edge in life. No matter what you're involved in, or no matter what kind of work you're in, I think Christians ought to excel in everything because. We have the Holy Spirit in us who uh, gives us ability, wisdom, and knowledge that far surpasses anything else. And so the anointing of the Holy Spirit is just not supposed to be in church. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be in every aspect of our lives. The Holy Spirit is my best buddy. And what he wants to do is just give you little brilliant ideas and nudge you uh, about what to do and and how to interact in situations. I just, uh, do I have time for this story? Um, (laughs) I'll tell the story anyway. (laughs) But, um, you know, and and I love the Holy Spirit. You know, you got to get excited about Jesus. Christianity is not boring at all, it's the most exciting thing if you walk with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so I love to pray for people. Everywhere I pray for people. So we have a taxi. We have a taxi service that picks our our special needs Nicole up uh, every day and takes her to day support. And this taxi service has been taking her recently is run by Muslims, and so most of the employees are Muslims. And so I got a whole Muslim opportunity right now. And uh, so we had uh, one of the guys that came out. His name was Isa. And so when I meet somebody like that. I, I started talking talk with him. And the first thing I always talk to people is about their families. Because people love to talk about their families, you know. And, and so I asked, he said, you know, where are you from? He's from Mali. And I said, what about your family? Oh, I got two kids. And he started telling about his kids and all that stuff. And, and, God, and so and he said, I said, can I pray for you? Oh, yeah, you can pray for me. You know? You'll find most people don't mind you praying for them. And they think I'm going to walk away and pray for them. No, I just pray for them around right on the spot. You know. So um, I said, do you have anything that you want me to pray for? And he said, for forgiveness of my sins. See, because this is a big thing for Muslims. They, they walk under great condemnation because they, they, they their God is an angry God up there that's beating them over the head, you know. So they're struggling with all their sin, you know. So can you pray for my, the God of forgiving my sin? I said, Yeah. And, and I want to just tell you something. Jesus has the ability to forgive you of for your sins. You know, and I didn't go into a big preaching thing. I just, just laid that little tidbit on him. You know, and so I prayed for him and his family. And so we've been having little conversations. You know, as the just a little short conversation shows up. And the other day he was talking about we had a big Muslim festival and we sacrificed a sheep at this Muslim festival. You know, and I said, "You get other sheep in in Virginia? You can sa-? He says, "Yeah, there are people out in Virginia that." raise sheep just for us Muslims you know and so I said um, I would like to learn more about this sacrificing sheep thing you do can we get together and talk about it you know and so I gave him my phone and he said yeah we can talk about it you know because I'm showing interest in his Muslim faith you know and yeah we can talk about it and I'm really looking forward to it man I, I'm on a mission buddy I'm on a mission to reach Esau for Jesus Christ you know and so I started thinking about it and praying about it, you know And I'm going to tell them about how Israel was delivered out of Egypt because they sacrificed a sheep, a lamb, you know, and how God delivered. And they believe in the Old Testament. So, man, this is a great intro. Then I'm going to talk about Jesus, the Lamb of God. I mean, I tell you, God does wonderful things, man. You just (laughs) got to believe. And you got to get excited about Jesus, you know. And people are hungry for Jesus out there. Anyway, so i will try not to tell any more stories. But... um, because I must be talking about Davidic anointing. And so um And so we know the story of David and uh in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 6 and 7 um God told Samuel to go anoint the next king of Israel. So he goes to the house of a man named Jesse. Jesse's got eight kids or eight young adults and, uh, and so he shows up there and Jesse has seven of his sons there. He doesn't have enough time to call David. I mean, David's a nobody. And so he has seven of his sons there and, and, uh, and so they're going to pass by. And Eliab's the oldest. He's, he's the first one that comes by and, and Samuel's really impressed by Eliab. He's in the military. He's well educated. Man, he looks like this is king material. And, and God says, No, he's not the one. I don't judge people by their stature or outward appearance. I judge them by their heart, you know. And so all seven sons go by, and God says, No, 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 no. None of them are it. So Samuel says, You got any more kids? yeah i got this kid named david he's out there and take care of sheep you know he has no education no training nothing you know he's just a shepherd you know sam says bring him in you know and so uh they bring he brings david in and god speaks to samuel that this is the one that you are supposed to anoint and it says there in first samuel 16 12 and 13 and the lord said uh, Uh, to Samuel arise anoint David for this is the one then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward and you know God anointed David and it says in the spirit of the Lord he anointed him in the midst of his brothers now his brothers were all Jews they were all under the Abrahamic covenant. But David was the only one that had a heart after God. You know, being under covenant is important, but a heart after God is what he's looking for. That is the major qualification. So God anoints David and said from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. But David, you know, he doesn't go out and change the world. He goes back to being a shepherd. I, you know... I and David was probably about 17 years old, you know. I don't know what David really thought. He had a bunch of oil poured on his head. He probably went back to take care of his